terror begins again. And how you guys doing today or night, wherever you are? Today we're going to be going over that paperwork, the accusations that were made against Bobby D from the Mongols. Uh, the reason why I want to do this video is I know a lot of people take it on face value. What is said uh, about this kind of stuff, they do not do the background whatsoever when it comes to these type of charges. Uh, a lot of questions are going to be answered and a lot of stuff that you might not have heard in the interview that I did with little Dave. We're going to go re-over. I'm going to take some highlights from that interview, show you some of that. And you can make your decision as far as if the allegations are credible or not. It's a tough situation because everybody is in their tribal mode right now and one thing that is important to know is this is club stuff the mongols do not go on podcasts the mongols do not make comments to the media very important very important it was not them that caused all this so you know but let's get going So who's Bobby D? Bobby D is the one that little Dave accuses of using the video that came out all over the internet. It was leaked of being the one to use that to push him out. It's very important for everyone to realize little Dave was not put out bad for the fact of being a rat. The club never accused him of being a rat. It was actually his wife that accused him. His wife took the video, sent it to a bunch of people, where at that point, yeah, it got leaked. But it was her that was accusing him of being a rat and informant. And let's just, you know... Be honest, the video speaks for itself. If you're coming from a street angle, you know what's going on. And then the information we presented uh, about the friendly relationship with John Sassoni uh, being uh, pulled back into a judge's chambers during the patch case because of all the fraternization, whatever. It is what it is. But it comes back around to he is out bad because of finances not for being a rat when he left and this is all public record now because everybody was talking about it there was only twelve thousand dollars left in a bank account only twelve thousand the mongols motorcycle club is an international motorcycle club not only do they got dues-paying members, they got support wear, uh, the patch cost, from all over the world. The events, fundraisers, you name it. So it could get pretty damn, how can I say it, 
fill in the coffers, if you will, with money. It can be a lot of money coming in. But when he was left, it was only 12000 Now, that's the accusation coming from the club. I'm just reporting on what we're hearing. There was also talk of an outside-of-the-state P.O. box where money was being diverted. Uh, there was also talk about all the assets that he held. And when he talked about the bail bonds business, we did a background and found out that the bail bonds agent or the license that you need in California to run a business was suspended a couple years ago. Now, the bail bonds license where you can act as a bail bondsman is active, but not the business license itself. We also found uh, liens, uh, all kinds of stuff, uh, judgments, the whole nine yards, and some pretty big stuff. So it was over the money that he was kicked out. Now, when this all went down, there was an investigation process. And that investigation process involved him being put on timeout so they can look at all these accusations. So when the video came up, they started looking into everything. The money being one of the major deals. And that's what was discovered. As you can, you know, you heard, yes, he had access to the money. Yes, he had access to the books. And usually that is a treasurer's job when it comes to handling the money. A president of the MC rarely touches the, you know, money. Even if you go into the corporate world, you got your treasurer, you got your CFO, the president never touches the money. These are just facts. I don't have a horse either way in this. But I feel like it's very important to make both sides of a story known because now Bobby B was accused of being an informant or a rat, whatever it is. He was accused of sending somebody to prison. This isn't the case at all. The guy did not go to prison. The case is still ongoing. He did go to prison way before he met Bobby. And if you really look at the stuff that I'm about to give you, which there'll be links in the description box, you can check all this out. He targeted Bobby. This guy was a known fraudster. He was a known, let's put it this way, man. He was known to do all kinds of munder laundering, kickbacks, the whole nine yards. It's on public record. What Bobby D was doing, I believe, and what other business owners are going to do, was presenting proof that his business did nothing wrong. Should he add an attorney? It's up to the personal business owner to have an attorney. Now, if you're in a club, should you? I, I guess. I don't know their rules. I don't know their bylaws. None of that type of stuff. 
But what I seen was somebody trying to protect his business within this paperwork. Again, I really didn't get to get into it the whole time when this was going on in the interview. And that's what I want to do here today. Anytime, because he was talking about being thrown out, not having the day in court. Well, it was found out that a couple times beforehand, he was thrown out bad in the club, and it depended on the administration that he got taken back. Facts. But when he brings out the allegations of not getting his day in trial, or his day in court, or a chance to get his throne, which I can't understand that one personally, because it's a club, it's nobody's throne. Now, if it was a gang, yeah, that's the way it's talked about. There was people that were throughout bad because they did question the money or his decisions because he was running everything like a dictatorship, they were saying. Now, Brothers have been brought back since he has been out and a panel decided to bring him back and they were all thrown out for allegations of using the internet to smut him or reasons he would find to make alleged allegations never with proof. Now he wants to talk about the internet look. What is he doing? He never knew anything from Asian Rebel Brothers were thrown out and it was shown that it was false accusations Dave said, oh, well, they're already gone to his own son-in-law. Very interesting. So, Agent Rebel has since passed away. He was real good with the legal aspects of cases, but it seems like he was really involved in this type of stuff. Now, the money... The Mongols were fined $500,000. And again, I'm getting to Bobby D. I want to give you guys a background on everything. They were fined $500,000 on the patch case. It's a corporation, the Mongols. In three months since he's been gone, two months, because I can look this stuff up, Two have two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in three months. They have. When he left, he only had twelve thousand in the bank. According to a lot of the backgrounds, there's four bikes, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar truck, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar wagon, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar class Mercedes. In his possessions. Lots of money right there. And again, when we looked up the business, the license was suspended and revoked. Now, according with some of the words we're getting, nobody's being paid $5,000 a month. Nobody. But hey, that's between them. I can only go with facts. Let's take a look at some of the highlights of our interview 
and then we'll go into Bobby D's and let's be objective. Um, American Cholo was why would John talk to your old lady? I have no idea about who said that. Well, that was one of the questions that was asked during the American Cholo interview. Uh, why would your old lady talk to John, which was... She has she has no relationship to him at all. She would mm-hmm. never talk to him. If anybody had any corresponding with him, it would be myself because of my position in the club at court and everywhere mm-hmm. else with the property. So I don't know where that came. That came out of left field, to be really honest with you. You never, never heard that. They asked that on American uh, Cholo. He asked when? it on the uh, first one, uh, American Cholo. And the question was on the video was you said, haven't you talked? Didn't John tell you? So that's where no, people I are. Never, I, never say, I never said that. You I never said that? I never. I, fuck no, I didn't ever say that. Well, I... I uh, well, that uh, that was what wild on from the first one. I think it was from the first one. The first yeah, one when they I, asked that. Yeah, I think so. Because I know I rewatched it. And I, I hopefully I'm not getting them confused, but I think it was the first one. Yeah, the first I one. I I don't ever recall saying that. I never said that. Not out of my mouth. If they asked it, I never. My old lady has no okay. business or anything talking to John. What 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 would be the reason? Right. Well, let me just play the, let me just play the clip real quick. That way, uh, you know, because I know you were in a state of mind that you weren't uh, there, and you might, probably didn't remember. But here it is. David. Okay. Really quick. Really. Told me already. I have one year. One year. He's retiring. He's retiring. After one year, he's done. He can't protect me. He told me. So we have to have an answer strategy. He told me. I don't know if he told you that. David, okay. Okay, so with that. That was right there. Like I said, I don't know if you were, you didn't remember it, but, uh, you know, you asked her. I have no idea. You don't? No idea. No idea on the recording? No, no idea on me asking. I don't remember. Right. Hollywood, who is that John guy? I just. Uh, that's uh, fuck. I mean, at first no- when I heard the video. Look, I, I, no, I, well, the I, reason I, why I asked you if you're a felon was uh, there was an incident with a firearm and some whatever, and you, I was wondering if you were charged with that or wait, if it wait, was. Wait, wait, wait. What, 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 what issue with what firearm? I haven't been caught with a firearm. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just I'm, you know I'm saying what they uh, said uh, in one of the emails. Never. Okay, so Dude, that's addressed. Of, yeah, bro. Look at bro. I got busted. I uh, I got charged with assault with a deadly weapon in 05. I had two, three brothers I could speak on this. I got arrested. I got charged. I took my shit. I ended up getting fucking disturbing the peace because everything gets chopped down after a year or two years. In California, you fight your case and you prolong it. Witnesses fall off. Witnesses fall off. They don't want to keep going to court. So, e, mm-hmm. bro, I can't help it if I got good lawyers. And I had the club lawyers, too. Ted Matthews was our ex-club lawyer. He's the one who represented me and a couple other brothers. Well, 
me and i was elected i was elected 13 consecutive years every year year after year i must have been doing something right and if i was doing something that dirty you don't think 600 guys would have noticed by now 500 guys would have noticed my cabinet would have noticed come on this mm. is a cheap shot to take me down to keep you know putting pressure on everybody oh he stole money now all day. i thought i was a rat now i stole money come on fucking yeah, make up your minds and then you huh? also, uh, and I, I know rumors saying that you didn't give other people a day in court when they brought up stuff about the money or something, but did you put them through a process like you, you're talking about or? Bro, let me tell you. And I feel like, again, we're reliving and rehashing everything I said, American Cholo. I gave everybody a. Now, that is just some of the highlights for the interview. For the full interview, you can hit that right there and it will take you to the full interview. Because unless you've seen the full interview, you're not going to know what I am talking about. And again, you got to get all the information in order to make a wise choice. Now, I have to be the first one to admit, myself, that when I was first presented with this paperwork... Because there was texting going back and forth. I was like, damn, man. Because you see the paperwork, and if you're thinking like a street guy, you're saying, damn, man, that's messed up. But then, after the interview, I started saying to myself, wait a second here. Time out, time out. There's so many discrepancies with a lot of what little Dave was saying. And I was like, I got to take a closer look at this. I did, in fact, talk to the guy that I'm going to be covering here in a minute. His exact words, and I quote, was, Nothing that Bobby D said did anything to affect my case whatsoever. The case is not over. He did not send anybody to prison. All he was doing was answering questions. It had nothing to do with criminal liability on his part. It had to do with his business. Which again, anybody who owns a business knows what an IRS audit is. And you don't start screwing with the IRS. He was not, and I repeat, not a target of that investigation not at all and this again was confirmed through the guy i talked with but i have to say at first when i seen the paperwork i was like man it's kind of damning until i got my bearings back together and said it's time to research this a lot more and it's especially with those clips the one that concerned me the most was if you watch the first interview with American Cholo, he was specifically asked why his wife was talking to an ATF agent. Because it usually is never done like that. Unless there is some form, and I'm not accusing anybody, this is just the way it usually works some form of relationship going on. Meaning a working relationship, cooperation, whatever it may be. 
You guys have to make your decision from the tape. I played a little bit of it there. Before asking that question, I gave him every opportunity to address it. But he said he didn't say that. Then I rolled the tape. One of the things that I do as an interviewer is make sure I can dig into the truth. I'm not here as I'm taking one side or the other. No, I'm here to present the news and get answers for my audience. I'm a, you know, happy-go-lucky good guy. But when it's interview time, it's business time. So, make what you will out of those clips. But again, go watch the entire interview. One thing that was really concerning was some of the explanations on the incident with the gun and the drugs. Not charged at all, any of that stuff. And again, I ain't making accusations. But I can speak from Chicago because everything's regional. Everything's state is different. In Chicago, we see that as one way. And it's not a good way. So that's why I always said motorcycle clubs are not gangs. Because if this was in a gang situation and those that have banged know, it wouldn't have turned out too good. Why? Because of the look. Now, Bobby D. Sorry about that. I have to get a back scratcher. Bobby D. Has been accused by this paperwork. And let me pull it up here. Of being an informant. All this you can click. Download if you would like. The first thing that happens is, and these are just the notes. Drisland, that's Bobby D. He's been putting on shows and concerts since 1996. He's a huge promoter. So again, he's going to run into people with money. Now, he was presented with checks from a company called Platinum Medical, dated May 4th of 2015. Also, there was an initial investment from Studio Pharmacy. Now, these are medical companies on paper. On paper. Medical companies. Now, the name of the individual being targeted is Paul Richard Randall. Paul Richard Randall. And that is the gentleman I got to talk with concerning Bobby D. Now, I want you to see who Paul Richard Randall really is and why it matters to this paperwork and why I believe it was actually Bobby D being targeted for a scam. This was the Department of Justice in 2015. Remember this date, please. 2015. This was out of Santa Ana, California. 
the former CFO, CFO is the chief financial officer of a Long Beach hospital. Two orthopedic surgeons and two others were charged in a long-running healthcare fraud scheme, and it generated nearly $600 million in fraudulent billings over an eight-year period. Now, two of the defendants previously pleaded guilty. Three others have agreed to plead guilty in the coming weeks. All five have agreed, again, listen to this, all five have agreed to cooperate in the government's ongoing investigation into kickbacks for patient referrals and fraudulent bills for spinal surgeries. Paul Richard Randall, the guy in uh, question here that's in this paperwork that was presented. He was a healthcare marketer previously affiliated with Pacific Hospital, Tri-City Regional, and he pleaded guilty April 16th of 2012. 2012, he pleaded guilty, not now. Before Judge Stanton, the conspiracy to commit mail fraud, Randall, who admitted recruiting chiropractors and doctors to refer patients to Tri-City in exchange for kickbacks, is scheduled to be sentenced. Now, under the terms, Randall could be sentenced to as much as five years. And I believe he got out in 18 months or something like that. Now, Let's jump forward to 2017. This is the case in question now. And this is WorkComp Central article. Fraudster, informant. This is the this is the news day in this are tied to a 12 million dollar scheme targeting UC. Now, at the time, the prosecutors, the feds, refused to comment about why admitted fraudster, or fraudster, and alleged informant, Paul Randall, was arrested in September, but WorkComp Central discovered that a company he incorporated in 2016 is the subject of a grand jury investigation into an alleged scheme to defraud the UFC student health insurance plan. So what he was basically doing was trying to get his money washed through Bobby D's company. And Bobby D had no idea of this. All he thought was it was an investment in his company and he paid the initial royalties off the investment. He had no idea this was going on. He didn't have any idea what this guy was. There is a civil complaint, which I have in the description box. Here you can see it. It's a 39-page civil complaint about everything that happened. For months, defendants have operated a wide-ranging and sophisticated scheme 
to defraud the University of California Student Health Insurance Plan, the self-funded health care benefit plan for undergraduate and graduate students at UC campuses throughout the state of California by submitting bogus claims to UC SHIP for prescription drugs that UC SHIP undergraduate and graduate students never asked for or wanted. They drained the UC SHIP of nearly $12 million in just over six months. Again, this was filed July 27th of 2017. On October 4th, the court ordered the university and the defendants to prepare a status update for an April 2018 hearing. Now, he was already out of jail. He's an informant. He was already out of jail. So his Fed handlers let this happen. Public records from the California Secretary of State website showed Randall uh, created Pharma Pro Solutions. Pharma Pro Solutions in 2016. He pleaded guilty in 2012 to federal conspiracy charge and admitted to paying kickbacks to providers who referred patients. Again, this is in the description box as well as the civil complaint against him and others. Here's the Orange County Register. Eight California doctors, health providers, suspended from workers' comp program. What's even worse, a convicted child molester, a physician possessing child pornography, a doctor with dementia, a healthcare marketer who participated in a $600 million kickback scheme, are among those suspended from California's workers' compensation program in the latest enforcement round. The eight Southern California providers include an Orange County healthcare marketer along with physicians in Marina, Santa Monica, Moreno, uh, Desert, Hot Springs, West Covina, the whole nine yards. State officials released the following detail on the case. Paul Richard Randall of Orange, a healthcare marketer and owner of Summit Medical Group, this guy had everything going on, pleaded guilty in federal court in April 2012 for his role in a spinal surgery kickback scheme. According to federal officials, Randall recruited chiropractors and doctors to refer patients in exchange for illegal kickbacks involving $600 million in fraudulent schemes. Here's the case right now where it stands. And it was last updated on July 9th of 2021. This is the case that that paperwork is showing. Bobby D. again did not send anybody to jail. This is the case. It's open. And it is case number uh, 2,20CR00031 in front of George H. Wu. 
As you can see, the indictment was filed January 15, 2020. That was last year. Last year. And it has been going. There's a continual trial date. July 9th of 2021. So this case is still open. Bobby D has not sent anybody to jail. Nobody. And I am kind of upset with this because I am into the legal stuff. And I'm like, why twist and turn this and I got to kick my own ass? I was like, holy shit, the paperwork's here. And I'm the one who always says, in a RICO case, you're not going to know an informant. You're not going to do it. I don't care if you're screaming at the top of your lungs, where is the paperwork? You're not going to get it until it's uncovered in a RICO trial by the defendant's attorney. Now let's go back to some of this paperwork that was presented. On the above date and approximate time, special agents, uh, they met Bobby at a McDonald's in Donnie, California. The initial ideal of an investment by Studio Pharmacy into Bobby D Presents came from Paul Randall. It came from him. Bobby Diddy didn't know all this kind of stuff was going on. What he seen was somebody who wanted to invest in his company. He needed an investor. What happens when you get investments? You can expand your business. Randall represented himself as one of the three owners of Studio Pharmacy. Randall told Bobby D that Randall, Anthony, Perino, and uh, Tabacon of Studio Pharmacy would invest in Bobby D Presents. Now, Randall claims he negotiated with the other two partners. Randall told Bobby D not to worry about paying any investment back. Now, wait a second. If I'm investing in a company, I want some return on my investment. They said no. So here's the scheme starting. This was a very professional money laundering scheme. So how can you go and say, well, wait a second, Bobby D, this is his business. He's the one being scammed. And he probably found out with these interviews that, hey, wait a second, you just scammed me. You just set me up. Randall said he uh, uh, the investment was seed money meant to grow the concert business into a large, successful company. It was already a large one. Once the company reached a lucrative status, a conversation would take place regarding the payback of the investment. Bobby D believed all along he didn't have to pay back the studio pharmacy investment. That's what he was told. There is no investment balance payable to studio pharmacy. Randall and Bobby D did not hide the studio pharmacy funds and are not sitting on a nest egg. That means Bobby D had all his receipts. 
He had proof. He had the paperwork of where the money was. The funds were used to pay for concerts, advertisements, and other promotional expenses for the concerts. Bobby D Presents is now dealing with some of the biggest names in the concert promotion. He was presented with a spreadsheet of checks from Studio Pharmacy to TCB Advertising, $667,000. Which is probably a drop in the bucket because these guys were in the middle of hitting some big time money with UC. So that's how it filters into a legitimate type of deal for those that don't know how it works. And he was, let's see here, he acknowledged the amount received and said the checks are part of the overall studio pharmacy investment. He was also shown a check from Platinum Medical from a Bank of America account for $11,000. Dreslin paid Randall checks for three purposes, return on investment, loans, and commissions. From 2015 of January to September 30th, the checks to Randall would have been either loans to Randall or return on investments to Randall. Bobby D. met Randall in late 2014. He was not doing well financially. Prison. He and his father made loans to Randall, which was typically a few thousand dollars. Randall's repayments would similarly be a few thousand dollars. He didn't even charge dude interest. Over $100,000 was loaned to this guy. But it was done in small amounts and repaid. That is the problem with people. They do not go through the entire material. And again, I was even uh, messed up on that point until everything started clicking. You got to remember, a company... The owner is now being said to be a rat, which could affect his business. Because some of the people that he deals with might not like that stuff. Especially when the IRS is on their ass. God knows these big names don't want the IRS on them. So it keeps on going through. He was presented with this. Now, Randall, he claimed to own a part of Big D's Burgers. And Randall invested his own money into the restaurant to impress the women. That was what's going on. A high roller. That's what he wanted to look for the women. He paid for workers. He performed work on Big D's Burgers. He paid for construction workers. He said the funds Randall paid are not in an investment on Randall's part and are not a loan to Bobby D. He told Randall numerous times Randall would not receive anything for the improvements. So while he's doing all this money laundering on the other case, he's probably using Bobby D and his status in the club to get the broads. Well, 
And it even says here, Bobby D does not have a hoard of cash. Doesn't have it. Between his personal and his business cash, he has 10000 uh, to 12000 He does not fluctuate from this range in cash and had about the same amount each year going back to January 1st, 2014. Cash on hand. Then it keeps on going and going and going. So Bobby D had this cash from 2014 and didn't deviate from that each month or each year, whatever it was. He was not involved in this scheme. He was not involved in ratting on this guy. I talked to this guy personally, and he said nothing Bobby D said put anything against him. Basically, what this paperwork is saying is, okay, Bobby D, he presented you a check. Okay, yeah, here's my records. That's all. He ain't saying nothing to freaking send anybody to prison. But you have people that are hooked on phonic dropouts that are going to keep on saying, and I get it, watch the freaking comments while he's a rat. What? Are you actually going through the material here? Are you actually seeing what's being done? Do you know the background of an actual rat that's an informant on a previous case? No, you won't, because you won't do your research. I'm just saying. That's usually how it goes. But one thing I do know is he was put in a position where all he was doing was verifying checks that he received. And verifying checks that he thought was investments in his company. So what are you going to do when you're presented with checks? Well, yeah, here's my spreadsheet. This is, you know, everything. He never had any more money. It always was consistent. So that right there tells you he wasn't involved in the scheme whatsoever. He was actually the victim. He was what we would call a mark. White collar crime is something else. It really is. It's sophisticated. And if you get caught up as a mark, man, you're losing. Now, I understand that this guy has also been in touch with little Dave. What he's doing is playing both sides of the aisle, and he's not doing it in the new sense. No, he's doing it to save ass and trying to get uh, party favors, if you ask me. And what do I need by party favors? Well, Bobby D right now is in the Mongols. Little Dave ain't, so he has to hedge his bet in case Little Dave gets Little Dave gets back in. Which, from my understanding, it ain't happening. He's out bad for good. That's why I won't have him back on my program. I gave him a chance to put out his opinions, his case, and multiple times we called him lying, straight up, caught him lying. So I'm not going to have him back on. If he wants, go on another program, which, my God, is it looking pathetic right now. But anyway, 
Anyway, this guy is talking to both sides. From my understanding, it was this guy who provided the paperwork. Am I positive? No. But that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Because you would never know about this type of stuff unless it was told to you. Never would have known about it. So yeah, I do believe that. So the point of this video, I guess, would have to be do your homework on this. Because some of the comments I'm seeing, well, he got a raw deal, blah, 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 Bobby D's the rat, blah, blah, blah. Wait, no, 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 no. No. The wife took the video, sent it to members of the club. They put him on timeout. And during that time, they found a lot of money missing, according to them. Nothing's happened to him. Any of that stuff. So that proves they're not a gang. My question though is, if he does know if he's out bad, maybe it's time to do the right thing and give the club property back to the Mongols. Because with all this going on, everybody knows you can't have a member go up to the door and ask. Because they don't know about federal involvement. They don't know about any of this stuff right now. They're in a hard position. Hard position. So I encourage you to go through this material. Study it. And make your own decision up. And hopefully it clears Bobby D's name. It clears what the Mongols did, even though it's none of our freaking business. It's news. That's what it is. And we're going to make sure that we try our best to get both sides of the story out. Let me know what you guys think in the comments section. Again, all this material is in the description box. All you have to do is click the link. It will give you all the material... As far as the, the paperwork against Bobby, it will give you all the material to tell you who they are. With that, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to Instagram. As well as our new Roku and our Firestick TVs coming up pretty soon, guys. Talk to you guys later. Rock on. Go over to ProudHooligan.com for all your Insane Throttle official merchandise, including our new Proud Hooligan line. ProudHooligan.com has a wide assortment of gear to make you look good on your next ride. ProudHooligan.com is the go-to for every biker when they want to look good as well as to help the show out while doing it. Visit ProudHooligan.com now. Rock on!